When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that brings you deep dive interviews with the motorcycle industry insiders and racers that make the sport move. I'm host Dale Spangler, and in this episode, my guest is Shane Doyle, founder and CEO of Converge Media Digital Marketing Agency. This episode is brought to you by Moto America, home of AMA Superbike Racing and North America's premier motorcycle road racing series. Rewatch every round of the 2023 series and revisit all the season's action with the Moto America Live Plus video on demand streaming service. Or visit the Moto America YouTube channel for race highlights and behind the scenes video content. Look for the 2024 race schedule to be announced soon over on the MotoAmerica.com website and be sure to follow Moto America on social media for real time series updates and original content. Let's get started. Shane Doyle, thanks so much for coming out Pit Pass Moto today. How are you, and did you happen to catch any of the motocross of nations over the weekend? I'm great, Dale. Thanks for having me. Uh, I did. I actually watched uh, I watched the race day on Sunday. I didn't watch most of the qualifying races, but it sucks to not see USA win, right, after after last year's incredible performance. But, you know, the fact that we sent a team and, and did what we did, I think it's admirable. And uh, obviously next year, hopefully we can – get back on top but uh yeah it was good yeah i kind of felt bad for all three of those guys because i felt like they were really just thrown into the fire a little bit you know never going <laughs> yeah. over there and and then just seeing the atmosphere on television I mean, it's just paul mallon said something like a hundred and two thousand for the total for the whole weekend i don't think i've ever seen a motocross of nations that big and i've been to a couple way back in the late 90s so i mean I, it's it's pretty incredible yeah, I've never I've never been to one outside of the Redbud one here, unfortunately. But I was hoping that Chase would go this year, so we could go to this one because I knew that it would be a crazy one in France. But hopefully next year we'll we'll be able to make the trip out there. But yeah, I, I couldn't believe how many people were there. It was insane. Yeah, just to get to the bathroom, you know, I'd probably take you a half hour to climb <laughs> up the hillside. <laughs> Dude, no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, you know the main reason I wanted to have you on here and just talk about your company, Converge Media. And uh, wow, you're just really doing a lot of really great things in the industry. Kind of, I would say, kind of put it in the bucket of content creation. But, yeah. you know, how did this idea come about? And if I, I think if I'm not mistaken, you were initially focused on social media in a partnership with your friend Nick Evening, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll take it back a little further than that, actually. Uh, I was working at a car dealership here in Dallas. And I was kind of at the point where I was like, you know, I don't want to do this forever. I don't see myself doing this forever. Obviously, I, I loved motocross and supercross, and I kind of like filmed as a hobby. One day, I was just like, "All right, I'm not doing this anymore." I called Ted Parks, who I don't know if you guys know him, but you know, local Texas guy that has a, a privateer team. Oh yeah, I called him and was like, "Hey, I, I want to come. You know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like, just please, like, I just need to get into this." And I traveled with him for a whole entire motocross supercross season, which was crazy. A lot of ups and downs with that, but 
that's kind of how I got in, you know, into the the industry, I guess you could say. But after that season ended, I was kind of back in the same boat. I was like, okay, well, what do I do now? Right? Like, what do I do? And I luckily started contracting for for Feld doing some of their Supercross social. Their their social guy had left, and I kind of was able to get in there and start doing the you know the race day social media. So people at the office were still running it full time or whatever, and I was just kind of handling the the races. I did one season with them in 2018, and again after the season ended, I was like, dang, what do I do now? Like I don't have a job, like I don't know what to do. And I get a call from Malcolm McCassey, who you guys, I'm sure, know, founded Ethica and, and has done a lot of big things in the industry. Oh, yeah. And he was like, hey, me and Nick Avenue are starting a, a social media agency. What do you think about joining us? And I'm not even kidding. That same week, I flew out to California. They bought me a flight immediately, went out there, and I lived there for probably six months, seven months, You know, worked with them, and then... We actually worked with a uh, CBD company called Medterra whenever the CBD stuff was popping off. I remember that one. Yep. Yeah. And, and they ended up kind of taking over the agency, I guess you could say. So everyone except for me went to work at Medterra and I ended up moving back to Texas and me and Nick kind of started doing the, the more motocross focused clients that we had with Malcolm. That's kind of how that started initially with Nick Avenue. And that's how I met you, Dale, was, was we were working with Tucker at the time with Pro Taper and Answer. Uh, and then, you know, over time, me and Nick kind of like Nick moved to Canada. I was still here. So we kind of just went our separate ways. We're obviously still great friends and stuff. But that's when I started Converge was whenever that happened, because I wanted to keep doing it. I love doing it. We had a lot of clients reaching out wanting to work with us, which is fantastic. Like that's always a really good thing to have some people want to work with you. That uh, that's pretty much how it started. That's so interesting because I, I really kind of heard in there that you you took a chance. Yes. That year with Ted Parks where I don't imagine you probably made probably any money. I made $400 a week cash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, exactly. You're kind of like just getting by, but it's that chance you took to get your foot in the door and meet the right people because like, here you are. Yes. I mean, that really just goes so far in this sport, you know, as far as connecting with the right people. Obviously, getting in with Feld was huge. Yes. Because it's, yeah. you know, it's led to some more projects we'll talk about a little bit down the road, but... Yeah, I didn't know that about Nick though moving to Canada. That's interesting. Where do you move there? Like in BC or something? Yeah, I don't I don't know what the exact place is, but I know it's like it's not Eastern time. It's like the next time zone over to the east. So oh, wow. it's far over to on the east coast of Canada. But yeah, he loves it up there. His wife is actually from there, so that's why they moved there. But oh. funny enough, he was making this move like in the height of COVID. So he was actually living in like a motorhome, driving across the US, like kind of waiting it out to see what was going to happen. And yeah, moved over to Canada full time. So he's actually still there. But like I said, I talk to him every day almost. I mean, we're still super close. That's awesome. Well, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, like that connection with Feld really seems like you've stepped it up the last couple of years, getting in with them for the partnership for Supercross, the Pro Motocross Series, and of course, now Super Motocross. So um, you know, how did all this happen? And what you know, what is your primary role with like the, say, the Supercross and Outdoor Series? What is your exact role? Yeah, so our, our exact role right now is we handle event social media and content creation. And I like to think of us a little bit of, you know, maybe consultants as well on some things. It's been really good. It's a lot of work, obviously. Now it's now it's pretty much 10 months out of the year. But um, yeah, I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, it's funny. Like you say that like 10 months out of the year, because I was sitting there thinking earlier, I'm like, this might be what you could consider your off season officially, but there probably is no off season for you. I don't imagine. No, <laughs> no. I mean, even, even right now, like the past two months, probably even before SMX, like we've been working on Chase Sexton's KTM announcement stuff. Yeah. That's been a, 
a project we've been working on for a while. So it's it, there's always something going on. Wow, his his whole setup, man. I just saw that this morning, and I'm like, damn, it looks so clean. Everything looks <laughs> really good. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. Obviously, he's one of your you know major clients that you work with. Him and Adam Cincerillo. Are these some of your first clients too? Because I'm kind of curious. It seems like you've been working with Chase for quite a while now. Yeah, so we started doing athletes uh, when I was with Malcolm and Nick uh, in California. We had Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne. I think that's it. But that's kind of how we got into the athlete stuff. And then we didn't have anybody for a while. And then Chase would kind of randomly hit me up for some content here and there, uh, like his last 250 year, I would say. Uh, And then his first 450 race in, I think it was Houston 2021 in Supercross, his agent called me. He was like, hey, Chase wants to work with you. Ever since then, basically, uh, he's honestly become one of my best friends. And it's been a really good relationship. And then the Adam thing kind of came sort of from that. I mean, just working with, uh, they obviously have the same management group there. And uh, it's hard to work with a bunch of athletes, though, because when they're at the highest level, they don't really want to share you. You know yeah, what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, like Adam and Chase are fine because they're friends anyways. But there's no way we could have like a, a Cooper Webb or somebody too. You know what I mean? Like, because they're, they're very much like, no, I, I don't want to share this with anybody else, you know? <laughs> I totally get that, though, because racers are just so quirky like that, you know, yeah. <laughs> whether it's putting on your left boot first or whatever it is, you know, like there's always something there to where they, yeah, they're a little bit superstitious in some ways. But you couldn't have picked two nicer guys, though, like Chase Sexton and Adam Cincerillo to me are just like they have such good images, such down to earth guys, both of them. Now, I'm curious to know, like with Adam, do you actually kind of help with his podcast production? Because I know he's been doing that podcast lately. Really good podcast. Yeah, thanks. I co-host with him and then we I kind of help get the guests and stuff on. But yeah, we pretty much run it all ourselves. I mean, I have like a little roadcaster set up where I just basically fly with that everywhere we go. And then it's super random. Though. Like from the very beginning, we've been like, all right, we're not going to make this like some studio thing. Like it needs to be supernatural and just, you know, whoever is on it is on it. Nothing crazy. That's been cool. It's been growing slowly and surely, but we're actually going to Vegas this weekend. So hopefully we can do some cool stuff with it this weekend. That seems smart, though, because, I mean, let's face it, like to do it consistently, it's got to be somewhat easy. Otherwise, it's probably not going to keep happening, you know, consistently. And so that makes sense. Yeah, especially with his schedule, right? I mean, his I, my original idea was to do them after the races every time, which outdoors, it's a little easier than Supercross because of the time it ends. But um, that was my original thing was like, OK, well, no other athlete has a podcast really like active athlete in Supercross. And it'd also be cool to just be able to talk to the fans right after the race. Like nobody's really doing that. But the more he does it the more he'll you know be comfortable with that thing but yeah it's been it's been good so far yeah i could imagine that could get a little tricky depending on how his finish was for the evening yes <laughs> yes and, and there, there was even like i think southwick he had like a i don't know if it was a heat stroke but we'll just call it heat exhaustion and he was like all right i'll be at your hotel in 30 minutes and i was like dude no it's okay like let's just let's maybe just wait this one out this weekend like just just go rest we're good <laughs> So who are the, some of the other names you've been working with? I think I saw where you're working with like Dexton Benick and maybe like Evan Ferry. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we've been working with Evan Ferry uh, probably since 2019, 2018, somewhere in there. Uh, and then, yeah, Dexton Benick, we did some stuff with him this year. It's been a little difficult working with some of the amateur kids just because we just don't have like the footprint as much in amateur stuff right now. Like it's just difficult yeah. to send someone to all the amateur races when we have all this other stuff going on. So I'm trying to like balance that out as we as we grow here. But yeah, I mean, it's the Daxon thing works because, you know, he's obviously turning pro now. But it's I, Daniel Blair calls me all the time, like wanting us to work with his Orange Brigade kids. And it's just I'm like, man, I don't want to like overextend ourselves. And it's also hard with the athletes as well, because you don't want anybody to look similar, right? Like everybody needs to have their own brand. Everybody needs to have their own look. So I'm trying to to learn how to balance that at the same time as we get more of these kids. But 
as of right now, it's pretty much the, the core group of, of kids that we have. It's got to be tough, too, because I have that same problem where, you know, you want more business, but then that can kind of be a catch-22 where it's like you're saying it might not be sustainable, where some of the other athletes might suffer a little bit as a result. So I think that seems like a very smart way of going about it is making sure it's sustainable to be able to take care of all the people you're working with. Yes. And to be honest, like we, we have had failures, right? I mean, we've had work with people where it's like they're not happy because we're not able to deliver exactly what they want. Because, you know, if, if a kid wants like the Chase Sexton program, we'll call it right. Like Chase Sexton's paying a premium, right? And, and he's paying a premium to have that for himself. Like we don't want to we don't want to share that same look or style with with another person, because like I said, it goes back to the brand thing. Like everybody has their own brand, everybody has their own look. So that's, that's really the core of it. Like, yeah, more money sounds great, but it almost becomes more of a headache the more you do. We'll get back to the conversation in one moment. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So what would you say is the primary objective, though, of Converge? Like, is the main task to kind of just create buzz for that athlete? Or is it very specific to each what each athlete wants? It's kind of per person. For instance, I know Adam will do things that Chase wouldn't do, like the podcast, for example. Like, yeah. you, would, you would never get Chase to do that, right? It's just not him, and that's perfectly fine. Adam's personality is completely different than Chase's. Like, Adam's vlogs are completely different. Chase is more of like just wants to have a cool like look to it and, and Adam is wants to be very connected with the fans. So yeah, it's it's very much like per person. Like everybody has a different what they're looking for. But I mean e- even the brand stuff, like the brands, you know, everybody wants different stuff with the brands because, you know, Pro Taper can't be like answer or fly can't be like answer. You know, there's like so many different things that you have to take into account when you're getting these new ones. Well, I would assume like with all this content you're creating, you have to have a lot of people helping you out. Contributors, photographers, videographers, graphics people. I mean, how big is this army of of converged people now? (laughs) (laughs) So at the office, we have four people basically at the office, including myself. You know, we obviously contract photographers, some video people, uh, so, I mean, all, all together, like everyone included, I would say probably 10 people, which, you know, it probably looks like we have a lot more people from the outside. Yeah. Well, you guys are all heavy lifters, obviously. You can't really be a part of it without being that way, I feel like. And I've kept an eye on Converge for quite a while now. I mean, you're to the point now where you have NASCAR drivers, you're helping with the uh, promote the Monster Jam series, and even the retooled Ringling Brothers Circus, which, by the way, that looks pretty darn cool. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing with that. Yeah, so uh, the NASCAR stuff, actually, funny enough, kind of came through Supercross. I met Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at a Supercross race back in probably 2017. And uh, we kind of just became friends and stayed in touch ever since. And then I kept hounding him, hounding him, hounding him to come work with us. And he finally was like, all right, fine, I'll I'll try it out. And of course, now, you know, he loves it, uh, which, you know, has led us to working with Riley Herbst, another NASCAR driver. Then I had to hire another person to go to these because I can't be at all these places at once. 
So I have a kid named Lucas. He does all of our NASCAR on-site stuff now. So we're still running the social back home. And Lucas is kind of feeding us content from the events. So that's been a huge, a huge thing for us. And we're trying to keep that growing. But uh, the wrangling stuff, actually, we don't do anything uh, with wrangling currently. I, I would love to eventually. But uh, I think just because it's so new, like they're, they're using in-house people for that, obviously, right now. But yeah, I'd, the, the wrangling stuff has been cool to see because when I, when I first started working with Feld was like right when they shut the circus down. So I never really got to see the inner workings of that. But it's been incredible to see how they put something together so quick, honestly. Yeah, I like what they've done. So I know the big thing is that you know, there's no more animals, but it seems like almost like a mashup of the Cirque du Soleil and Nitro Circus because you got some BMX stuff in there. I mean, it just seems like it's a modern day version of the circus, which seems pretty darn cool. I'd actually consider going myself now, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, on, <laughs> it's Every time I go, to the to the Feld headquarters, I'm just blown away. It's like how much they can do there. Like they have, I don't know how many arena floors they have. I want to say it's like two or three, but they have full scale arena floors, like with the trussing and like lighting and everything, where they can just rehearse, you know, multiple shows at once. It's it's pretty incredible, and they build everything in house for the most part. Like it's it's insane what they can do over there. <laughs> Sounds wild. So yeah, like probably big warehouses, right? They're in Florida somewhere. Yeah, I think they they said, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I think they said it's like the second largest building, like second to like Amazon and NASA or something like that. So it's, it's a huge footprint over there in uh, in Florida. Wow. Always going big at Feld, whether yeah. it's the Monster Jam or whatever, you know, where it's like, yeah. and then like, I think Monster Jam, I saw where they had some kind of like collaboration with some Disney stuff. Uh, Marvel. 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 That's right. Yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Always doing cool stuff like that. It seems like. The Monster Jam stuff has been really cool too, because I feel like just watching that grow, even over the past few years, the Marvel partnerships, the Lucas Oil partnerships, you know, they had Monster there too. Like, it's pretty cool to see, for one, you know, the fan base, the, the kids get into it so much, which is awesome to see. And even like, even parents get into it. You know, it's, uh, there's a whole community behind Monster Jam. And I think uh, over the next few years, like, you're going to see Monster Jam get even bigger, to be honest. I have still never been to one, but I'm to the point now where I'm like, I need to go. Oh, we got to get you out there. Yeah, because it's <laughs> from what I've seen, dude, like just the flips and everything and the noise. To me, that's the big thing about Supercost. If you've never been to one in person, it's all that, you know, feeling it in your chest and just like the sounds and the smells and, of course, the crowd. To witness that in person is is completely different than seeing it on television, even though it's impressive on television. So Yeah, we definitely need to get you out to one of those. Definitely. Well, I think I saw a, a bounce back to NASCAR for a second where I think I saw you were saying you hired somebody named Luke, but you also had an intern, which I thought was super cool. Like I didn't even know something like this exists, but there's a college, Belmont Abbey College, that has a motorsports management degree internship. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. So you actually took part in that and had somebody come out and do an internship. Yeah, so that that actually was Lucas. Oh, it was. Okay, cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's how he started with us was through an internship. And actually, Ricky met him at a uh, dirt track race over there in Charlotte. And he was like, yeah, I got this kid. Like He really wants to, to do stuff. Like You should talk to him. And then, yeah, I talked to him and I, I couldn't believe it either. I was like, man, like, I wish I would have known about this school when I was getting out of high school because I would have definitely wanted to go there. It sounds awesome. But he said it, he said there's like two of them in the U.S. and that's it. Yeah, what well, makes sense because I think it's in North Carolina, right? Like that just seems like NASCAR Central down there. Yeah, it's in Charlotte. Well, it seems like you're involved in so many facets of motorsports. And then another one I wanted to point out is you're even kind of helping the next generation with brands like Stasic. Yeah, Stasic has been a, a long-term client of ours. I don't know if you know Matt Schumann. He used to be at Bell. Uh, he was one of the original people that went there whenever Harley bought them. 
he has been a huge advocate for us, obviously, and, and we handle all of the social and most of the content for them as well. So that's been a great partnership. And, and Ryan Ragland, the guy that founded it, uh, you know, I've kind of seen that from day one because uh, Randy Valade and uh, Paul Carabinos did some stuff with him with Pro Taper and Answer back in the early days of Stasic. To see the progression that brand has made has been incredible. And obviously, I think they pretty much have the market share in the electric bike category, and they're always leveling up with something crazy. I'm sure, hopefully, I don't know if they're going to do something, but hopefully they have like a bigger bike because I want to be able to ride one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, regardless, they set the bar. Yes. You know, because it just seems like there's another example of something that we didn't have when we were younger, but it's just so cool to see that the next generations coming up are going to be that much better on two wheels because they're two years old. Probably they're cruising around on their Stasic. It's a great time to be involved in power sports, it seems like right now. Oh, yeah. And even, you know, They've been sponsoring Loretta's for the past few years and just, you know, we've been doing like projects for them there. And some of the kids that started on Stasex are now winning their classes, like in the 50cc class. I'm like, dude, this is incredible. And they, they're calling them the Stasex generation, which, which is cool. So I think anything to make power sports more accessible to people is a, is a win. Probably that same one of those kids that was jumping the triple at the, at the LA Coliseum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> those kids are crazy. <laughs> So Shane, I got to ask though, with all this that you have going on, because it sounds like you have a lot. I mean, how do you keep on top of everything? And it just sounds to me like at this point in your life, you're just all in right now with this window of opportunity you've been given with Converge. Yeah, I've tried to, you know, look forward and never look back. Like I told you before, we're, we're there's always going to be hard times and, and great times. And, you know, I'll use like Tucker Power Sports, for example, like they are going through whatever they're going through right now. Right. So that was a huge like hit for us. So the big thing for me is just learning how to deal with situations like that, where, you know, let's just say you have a long term client like that, who has been fairly good. And then all of a sudden they just disappear. And, you know, they're going through all these issues. They don't want to pay, etc. Learning how to deal with that situation is probably the hardest because you can have people wanting to work with you all day long, but if they're not going to be consistent with you, then it's it's like, why are we spending time on them? You know what I mean? So I think that has been the, the biggest learning thing for me. It's just maybe not taking everything that everybody wants to work with you on and, and kind of being a little more picky. I'm sure you've probably been in that same situation, Dale, but that's been what I've been, I've been trying to focus on is just being a little more picky with who we work with and not just taking every little thing like I used to when I first started, you know, because like I said before, more money is great, but sometimes it causes more headaches. Yeah, well, that's definitely, you know, a big part of having our own businesses is kind of the inconsistency because that's just part of it, you know, like you said. So we strive to kind of get that consistent you know, month to month work. And it just seems like you, you really hit the jackpot with making a lot of great connections, doing great work and it's just been awesome to see. So are there a few like we kind of talked a little bit about it in the beginning, you know, there's some pauses and negatives to that, but are there a few that kind of stand out to you as far as like, like, what are your favorite things about your job? And maybe a few things that you know you don't like so much about it. Like there's always good and bad on both of these things. I mean, the freedom to me is, is amazing, you know, running your own business, but I'm, I'm curious to know what a few positives and a few negatives uh, for you are. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, some of the positives would be just the people that you meet along the way are amazing, right? Anyone from like celebrities to, to lifelong friends that I've made, right? Like, it's pretty cool, the people that you connect with through this stuff, especially social media, because I feel like people are more accessible than ever through social media, right? So the people that I've met are definitely a high part of this job. And then I don't mind the travel. It's getting a little more difficult. We just had uh, another baby. So it's obviously tough to leave on the weekends, but we have a great team. So, right. So I don't have to go to everything anymore. And then they kind of handle a lot of the stuff when I can't go, which is fantastic. And honestly, I, I think the biggest thing for me is 
being able to find people that are passionate about what we do and bring them in and teach them and, and get them into the industry is, has been a really high for me. Like, for instance, we have a, a guy named Kyle Beck who I met him uh, at an amateur race, actually, through another mutual friend that races amateurs. You know, he lived in Iowa. We actually brought him in and he's works full time for us now as a video guy. So he's been fantastic. And just seeing like people like that grow and, and be able to achieve what they want to achieve because for me, like if I hadn't met a few key people, there's no way I could have even like made it anywhere. Right. Because if you don't, you know how it is, Dale, it's all about who, you know, and, and who you meet along the way. That's the highs. I mean, no, there's really not many lows, honestly. I mean, the stresses of running your own business obviously is, is difficult at times, but, uh, that's, that goes with anything. I'd still, I would still rather take that stress than, than working a normal job every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm with you there now. I've, I've tipped over that point where I don't think I can go back to corporate. Again. No, no way. I could not see myself doing that. Yeah. It's definitely not where <laughs> I want to be, but, but it sounds to me like it's just like what you mentioned there about helping others, kind of giving them a leg up like other people have done for you. I mean, that's just got to feel good. It's got to be a rewarding feeling. And like you said, getting people with new energy, it's kind of infectious, isn't it? When oh, someone yeah. that's new and you're taking them around, you're like, they're like going, whoa, this is so cool. I'm at, you know, I'm talking to Ken Roxon and, you know, so it's just, yeah, it's like, it's, that's got to be fun to be around that, you know, bringing people like that in and then having them make a career out of it. So it's got to feel good. Oh yeah. And, and one thing that I've always focused on from day one is like, I don't know everything, right? Like, I don't know what the kids think is cool now, right? Like, even though I'm only 28 years old, but like there's stuff that the kids do that I don't even know about, right? So I, I always look at hiring younger people because they know the trends. They know what people want to see, like, especially in social media, that's so important to not get too detached from what people really want to see. I agree, man. That's one of the reasons I've stayed completely away from social with my business is just, I just feel like I don't have that young person energy enough because you got to live it, you know, let's just face it. Like you got to be in there all the time living it. So it's being honest with yourself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm not afraid to admit, like, I, I don't, I don't know everything. I tell my guys every day, like I'm, I'm not an expert on everything by any means. That's why I hired you guys. Right. So that's, that's something that I really look forward to with, with the younger people is like bringing them in, teaching them stuff and then kind of letting them do what they do best, right? Absolutely. So what's next for Converge Media? Any exciting plans going into 2024? Like I was imagine you're going to do the entire SMX series next year, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Uh, keep everything rolling as is. You know, we're trying to figure out some more brand stuff. I would like to bring on some more brands. Those are kind of the, the bread and butter for us. The, the athlete stuff is great, but a lot of times the brands are, are really what carries the ship here. Like I said before, Tucker Power Sports, they got bought out by Turn 14. So fingers crossed that that stuff kind of levels out and uh, we can keep working on those brands because those have, like I said, have been extremely long-term clients of ours. So I would hate to see those go, but we'll see. I mean, I, I hope that Answer and Pro Taper at least can, can stay on with us because... I mean, essentially me and Nick pretty much built those accounts from, from ground zero, right? So Oh, yeah. More, more of that kind of stuff would be great. And they're legendary brands. Nobody wants to see those brands go away. Oh, yeah. you know, there's too much brand equity in those. You know, it's just, it's a shame kind of a, oh, yeah, for in sure. a way. I was an old answer guy from back in the 80s. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, there's so much history there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Shane, thanks so much for your time today. It's been great telling some of your story, kind of hearing what, what you do with Converge Media and just keep up the great work. You're doing a lot of great things and congrats on your uh, business success. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Go right ahead right now before we close the episode. Uh, no, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I guess if anybody wants to check us out and see what we're see what we're doing, uh, it's Converge Media on all social media platforms, just C-O-N-V-R-G Media and uh, give us a follow and uh, stay up to date with what we're doing. Keep up the awesome work, Shane. Appreciate your time today. Thank you, Dale. 
you enjoyed this episode, follow Pit Pass Moto on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media or visit pitpassmotorsports.com where you can listen to the past episodes and check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog powered by Podium Life featuring articles and industry news focused exclusively on two-wheel and four-wheel motorsports. Head to pitpassmotorsports.com to check it out. I'm Dale Spangler. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for listening. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.